0: Welcome to the Goalie Hacks podcast. The show dedicated to providing elite tips, hacks and strategies to take your game to the
1: next level,
0: where we help you become an elite goaltender one hack at a time. And now, here's your host, Mike Santaguida.
1: Bang bang everybody, welcome back to the show. You know, I just want to start off today by saying thank you to everybody. Thank you on the just just been incredible. I'm incredibly taken back. Um, it's just been an, an incredibly phenomenal reaction to, to the, the first product, you know, and, and I'm going to continue to work harder for you guys. We're going to try out a couple new things. So bear with me here. Obviously I'm just starting podcasting, but it's going well so far. So I'm going to be learning for you guys, I'm going to be tweaking things on the show to make your experience much better. So like I said, just bear with me and any feedback you guys have at all, you know, let me know, uh, this product's for you and, and I just want to make this as amazing as I can, for you guys, um, I just want to shout out my first three guests because I can't thank them enough for putting their neck out there for me, you know, on this project, and and they're the heroes for me, you know, the, the three biggest, you know, arguably the three biggest influencers in the goaltending space, and and I'm just so grateful to them, you know, s- s- so thankful. So, thank you, Brandon. Thank you, Justin, and thank you, Maria, uh, today for for coming on. You guys are amazing. Um, I, I won't let you down. I'm going to make you guys look like geniuses for coming on my show. So I hope you guys are staying safe with this Corona thing. It's unfortunate. It has to to be this way. And obviously there's a lot of unleft hockey left to play, but I'm a hundred percent in support of this. It's, it's if, if this is the right thing to do for, for public health and safety, you know, that definitely comes first before sports of any kind, you know? So, You know, Take care of your health. I wish you guys nothing but good health and wealth going forward here. Um, Today, me, Maria and I had had an awesome conversation regarding all of the things off-ice training, specifically for goalies. And I know you guys are going to love the chat we had. So make sure to get your notepad ready and take some notes. A lot of good stuff in here today. I just want to shout out our main sponsor and partner, Neurotracker. And if you guys haven't listened into the first few pods, I stumbled upon this product about six or seven years ago. Um, right after I got laser eye surgery uh, and I had a lot of problems it, and I had problems for 12 months until I found the Neurotracker and the Neurotracker not only solved my issues but in it elevated my game enormously and I'm still a user to this day so I think if you're looking for that next edge Neurotracker is the best option athletes have right now especially in a time like this where we're stuck inside it's incredible neurovisual training product uh you know quoted by the new york times as having grown into the best brain training game in sports it's used by athletes in every major league sports and it's just awesome so they're they're officially soft launching their new neurotracker x product and it's next level so if you're a coach or goalie if you're looking to support the show and get better in these hard times it just hit me up in my DMs on Instagram after you listen to the show to get more information on how you can get started today. So to kick off our sponsorship, we will be giving away two 60-day subscriptions every episode of the podcast. So make sure to listen and tune into to the end of the show to get the details on how to enter into this giveaway. Um, I also want to give a quick shout-out and salute to our first Patreon, Ethan Farenbaker. Ethan and I have been working together since I had next to no followers, and I've helped him get in touch with people at the next level, and I've shown him the road that's best for him in his pursuit of getting a Division I scholarship, and Ethan was so happy with the results uh, he's been getting over the last several months, both on and off the ice, that he decided to become a patron, so Ethan, I love you brother, you made my day man, and I appreciate you supporting my work, it means the world to me. If I've helped you in any way, uh, if you want more inside access to my personal information to work much closer with me, then head over to my Patreon page included in the show notes to support the show. I don't have any tiers or or anything set up yet. I probably will down the road, but for the time being, every dollar counts. So I appreciate you guys. Everyone who supports the show and contributes to my Patreon will, will now be shouted out on the show from now on. So I appreciate you guys. If you guys want to shout out, if you guys love what I've been doing, support my work, definitely head over to my Patreon page, anything counts. So without further ado, let's get into this week's episode. I know you guys are going to love the chat Maria and I had today. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of the Goalie Hacks podcast. We have another amazing guest on the show this week, giving us yet another perspective that we haven't had yet that I know you'll all enjoy. I'm honored and excited to be joined today by the queen of exercise science, Maria Mountain. She's been a strength and conditioning coach for 19 years, receiving her master's in kinesiology back in 1999, and has worked with players at all levels, including elite athletes such as Olympic gold medalists stanley cup champions mlb players and the list goes on she's the founder and owner of revolution conditioning and goalie training pro has 20k subscribers on youtube over 100k video views as well as 14,000 followers on instagram so if you don't know her you must be living under a rock but i couldn't be happier to joined to be joined by her today maria how you doing thanks for coming on the show
0: i'm doing fantastic thanks for having me on mike
1: Yeah, I know. It's nice to finally meet you. I've been looking forward to this episode for some time because you've actually had an enormous impact on my career over the years being a mentor for me in the online world. Um, You know, years ago when there wasn't much information, I I guess I initially found you uh, before I went to college back in 2014 on the Ingle Mags email list, and you always had a featured segment in the bottom of the issue, and you actually really helped me understand and grow in the areas of exercise science, you know, relating to goaltending away from the ice that have catapulted my career honestly so I can't thank you enough for for what you've done for, for me from the bottom of my heart.
0: It's my it's my pleasure that uh you know that that's just the nicest compliment I can get because that's exactly what I want to do is is help any goalie at any level anywhere in the world, you know, take that next step to to playing to their full potential.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, I just want to say I love the work you're doing. You know, congrats on all the success, you know, you and your players have experienced it's certainly well deserved, but let's not waste any more time because I have a lot of questions for you today. Uh, I think everybody's going to enjoy. So, let's jump right in. Why don't you just start off by telling my audience who you are, what's your background and, you know, some of the important work you've been doing over the years and sort of where you are now with your life and business?
0: Yeah, I'll give you the super readers digest version and then we can dive in more if, if we need to, but sure. um yeah. So, I mean, I, I grew up, uh, I'm old enough that there wasn't girls hockey when I grew up here in London, Ontario. So, and it wasn't even to the stage where girls played boys hockey, but thankfully there was tons of road hockey around and, and I was uh super tomboy. So I, so I always played road hockey with the guys and, and I was always the goalie. I was always Ken Dryden to the other teams, Mike Palmatier, but, um, <laughs> so my, my varsity sport was cross country ski racing and that's what I competed in through uh high school university, um, and then I did an undergrad degree in, uh, what they called uh phys ed back in the day now it's kinesiology and uh worked as a kinesiologist when i a a personal trainer and then a kinesiologist when i finished that degree and then decided to go back and do a master's of science degree in kinesiology to just really i was motivated to find out more about how the body worked there were so many unanswered questions Um, and after that i worked at the fowler kennedy sport medicine clinic i was an exercise specialist in the physical therapy department so That's really where my training approach evolved because we couldn't train the big muscles when we were rehabbing an athlete from injury or surgery. We had to start with the small muscles and making sure the muscles, the right muscles were working in the right sequence. And what we found was those athletes would go back to their sport, you know, as quickly as they can, we worked with all the varsity athletes at the university and they would come back and say, I actually felt better after this injury than I did before and I performed better. Mm. And so it was funny because the clinic actually had to start what they like was like a physical therapy membership because some of the athletes, like they didn't want to be discharged from physio because they wanted to keep coming in and, and sort of training together. So uh, from there, I started my own business as a strength and conditioning coach. I, I was strength coach for the men's and women's hockey, basketball, volleyball track teams at Western uh, and uh, then eventually I started Revolution Sport Conditioning, um, where I worked with a variety of athletes. I actually just sold that in the fall, um, and nice. so that I could focus on GoalieTrainingPro.com, which I started, uh, probably about oh, probably like 14 years ago or so as HockeyTrainingPro.com, and then maybe eight years ago or so, I decided now I, I really just want to talk. I just want to talk to the goalies <laughs> so so uh that that's really this is uh gonna be my life's work from here on out
1: right on so i'm just curious because obviously you've worked with a, like a ton of different um types of athletes uh and you've been involved in the field for quite some time it, why exactly did you sort of want to specialize in take the reins in the, in the goaltending world? Was it just because you played when you were younger or that you actually, you feel like you have a more of a connection to, to sort of the people in this realm?
0: Yeah, I, I think part of it was, um, when I worked at the clinic and I would, we would get some NHL goalies that came in and, uh, and, and the varsity goalies and just the position. I remember uh, Jeff Hackett was in the clinic and I worked with him and I remember him explaining to me, this new technique that was called the butterfly, you know, and he and he's showing <laughs> me how it works and and it was cool because um, you know, from a fan perspective where, you know, it was like, oh yeah, that makes sense. That, you know, I can see that takes away bottom of the net. But from a exercise physiologist perspective, it was like your hips aren't actually made to do that. <laughs> like nobody's <laughs> hips are made to do that. So just in terms of the movement patterns, the mobility, the energy system demands, uh, like that, like, yeah, like that can be a, a career's worth of work, trying to figure out how to best train that and fine tune that. So as, a, as an exercise scientist, it's fascinating to me. Um, from the human side, I, I really like goalies. I, I, yeah, I think I think I am a goalie at heart. I I play now on the ice. I started about three years ago, so I could really better understand mm-hmm. what does that feel like, and and what gets tired and what fails me, you know, in this. So not that I'm trying to be uh, an expert goalie, but just so I could better understand it. Um, but you know, it it's yeah, you you sort of get the bugs. So yeah, I I feel like I I understand the persona. I love the I love the idiosyncrasies. Mm-hmm. Um and and I think that we can really do a lot through training to help goalies perform better and to help spare their hips and knees so that they can have long fruitful careers.
1: Mhm. Yeah, no, I definitely um I think that it's in and just from my experience with me coming online the last few months and what I've been sharing you know, I think being able to relate to guys, you know, is is a huge deal, right? Like, how are you feeling on the ice when you're tired and you're sore and all these things? And I think that was a, I think that was a great step, you know, being able to relate is huge. And, and I think that's where you sort of find that connection with people, right? So, um, you know, on the show, I often like to point out how things have changed or are constantly changing, because I think people need to know that the position of goaltending is in constant motion, right? Like we need to be constantly striving to get better and become more efficient in the field so you know knowledge and science is becoming more accurate more efficient and we need to sort of evolve with the science so I'm just curious throughout all your years you know since you've been around for quite some time um you know digging into the goaltending world now where's the area that you've sort of shifted your approach the most and, and maybe talk a little about why
0: um there's, there's a few areas, but I think if I, right now, um, what springs top of mind is how we train mobility um, and that it isn't just stretching. And I still see goalies who just, you know, do stretches and I'll ask them, and this is all different levels. You'll know, ask them, well, do you have a mobility program? Yep, yeah, I do. Okay. Well, what is it? uh well you know i i'll sort of do you know like some like some of these and kind of sometimes like a few of those and you know so it's like okay that that's not a program like Mm -hmm. if i have a program it's like yep i start with a foam roll or a lacrosse ball this this and this then i do you know so um so they're still kind of doing stretches trying to get the splits static holds and that's not how we use our mobility on the ice Um, It doesn't actually improve our functional um, range of motion. Mm -hmm. Uh, So mobility, I use the term mobility instead of flexibility, because flexibility is kind of what's the passive range of motion of that joint. Mobility is what can I actually use on the ice? So some of the goalies listening will know that they can do the splits in their living room in front of the TV when they're stretching, but when they're on the ice, they're nowhere close. Mm -hmm. That's the difference between flexibility and mobility. So different strategies to train that so that you have usable um, range of motion on the ice. And so that if you do get in those lengthened positions, you have the strength and the stability to not injure yourself and to return to that nice compact position. So you're in a you know you're ready to make the next save, so I think that's probably the biggest area that's that's changed in the last, let's say, five years for me.
1: Hmm. And so, you know, maybe for people who are sort of uh, reluctant, because I think that even for me, like going to college, I was fortunate enough to uh, work with um, uh, a guy who had training experience, like in the NHL, and he really sort of, you know, we'll get we'll get to that later in the conversation about recovery and he taught me all these things, but how important is that mobility? Like maybe people don't realize, right. So trying to get that message across, like where can people see an improvement if they sort of get a, you know, mobility regimen and sort of stick to it?
0: Well, um, so yeah, so I have like a free, it's an app. And it's called the butterfly challenge and it's a 14 day hip mobility program, specifically for goalies. And so usually within that 14 days, and and it's like 10, not even 10 minutes a day. Mm -hmm. And usually within that 14 days, goalies add about three to five inches to the width of their butterfly flare. Well, if you think Mm -hmm. of a puck as being like, what is it? Three inches across, like that's, that's significant. Like that's enough to keep pucks out of the net. Um and plus, you know, goalie goalies will email me and say, Oh, like, even just after the fourth day, like my hips felt looser. And it sounds kind of funny, um, you know, because like, oh yeah, after four days, but but it's actually true. Just doing the right things in the right order can make that big of a difference and really kind of unlock um mobilities. Um, you know, and other other guys just think, well, I just thought I had really stiff hips. I just thought that's the way I was born but you know when they work on the right things they find that they they can move much better and you know people say well my hips just feel freer you know out on the ice mm-hmm. it's uh you know and actually on the corollary of that the other flip side uh an nhl goalie that i trained he he retired um and he had great hip internal rotation which is what you need for a wide butterfly like really remarkable and he was a pretty big guy so it was like wow this guy's so flexible considering that he's a big guy well, then he retired, and maybe you know, within a year after him retiring, he was like, um, you know, oh hey, let's let's just work out, you know. So we went and did a workout together, and and we did some flexibility at the end, and and like that range of motion was gone. Mm-hmm. So it's not that he had that, you know, that was that was trained into him.
1: Mm-hmm. So I guess digging a little deeper in so, into some of the common unknowns you know, right now, as we speak, where do you sort of see the biggest inefficiency then when it comes to goaltending, I guess, from an exercise science perspective?
0: Do you mean inefficiency in like what people are trying to do for training or what? Yeah,
1: anything, anything, like maybe what we're doing with um, our save selection, you know, uh, anything, training, inefficiency in our, in our uh, recovery, you know, anything that sort of has to do with maybe what we, what we think we know that is sort of a misconception right
0: yeah yeah um i i I'll, I'll sort of a- skim over like maybe two or three one is is in the gym just just thinking you need to be strong you know so like lots of back squats leg press um you know and and i'm not saying that you can't squat uh i am kind of saying you shouldn't like press (laughs) yeah um but there there are better ways that we can train you and and in no way am i suggesting you don't need to be strong you do need to be strong but it it needs to be functional so Mm -hmm you know, ways that we can produce force, but also stabilize. Um, So that's one, and it kind of leads into a little bit uh, on the ice. And I do see this changing in some of the programs that I go to and the camps I work at. But, you know, if you went to any goalie camp uh, seven years ago, you know, what What would you see within the first 15 minutes? You'd see big T pushes, uh, big C cuts to finish it off, snow flying, um, you know, and that was good. As we look at the biomechanics of it, and the, the stress on the hip from that, you know, that really isn't maybe the best idea. Um, because we're putting force through the hip that is being used to basically make a little snow cone at the end of that. Mm -hmm. And, and even then too, this is where, when I got on the ice and started falling around in the crease and finally got to put together some butterfly slides and it's like, holy smokes. Like if, if, and I used to talk in terms of a big, powerful push and you know, when I'm on the ice and do a big, powerful push, I can slide from my post, you know, two feet out of my crease or three feet out of my crease. And that's me. Mm -hmm. So, you know, one of the things that I've started talking about a lot more in the last three years is, quick, powerful pushes. Um, That idea, the Bruce Lee idea of a one-inch punch, you know, produce, you know, Bruce Lee supposedly could produce so much power that he could knock a man over with a one-inch punch. And, um, you know, so that's what we need to do. We need to produce enough force to get us where we need to be, but not so much that then we have to use equal and opposite force to decelerate it um the third one i think is really um and goalies don't have much control over this but the way practices are are formatted and when you look at the energy system demands and the heart rate data from a goalie in practice mm-hmm. it looks nothing like the heart rate data and energy system demands that a goalie needs in games so essentially practice is training a goalie to do something that they don't need to do it it's like Um, okay, maybe I'm a hundred meter hurdler, but when I go to practice, my coach makes me run eight hundreds or fifteen hundreds because whatever, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, it's, it's the wrong energy system. So I think that's something that, um, you know, needs to change because it impacts their performance. They're, they're getting the wrong energy system training, um, for what they need to do.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. Now, I like that you mentioned, um, you know, we need that strength plus sort of that, you know, stability, right? Uh, And personally, something that over the years that I have sort of tuned into more that's super effective for, I guess, the goaltending position is I think oftentimes we're worried about sort of the conversation around plyometrics. And I personally don't think that there's enough conversation around Uh, you know, your eccentric and your isometric power, right? Because we're constantly loading. We're in that that lower stance. And typically, and this is something I just found out on my own, developed, like whenever I kind of don't have good legs, I go and I do like front squats light, but I'll do like slow down, iso holds at the bottom, and then quick up. And as soon as I get back on the ice, like my legs feel better like the next day. So what do you think in terms of, you know, um, being mindful of having a full regimen around those things, you know what I mean? Like, uh, in terms of eccentric training and isometric training, you know, do you think that we can incorporate some of more of that into our uh, regimens as goalies?
0: Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, like I'm always amazed when I see a program from, you know, a, a, a team that says, oh, we've got a trainer, we've got a strength coach and I see the program and there's no tempo on it whatsoever Mm -hmm. uh you know that like that to me is crazy um i think you're right i think a a big part of what crushes a goalie's legs is those iso holds you know the pucks in behind the net and you're down there you know with your post lean and you're sort of okay am i in am i out um (laughs) you know that that's the tricky part and staying low in your legs so that you have that power to move where you need to move without having to sort of load and go you know you're just ready to go so i i agree with you now i think there's also place for building power like plyometrics do mm-hmm. but you know like uh you know and again it's one of these things that gets instagrammed you know like box hop ups well th- what does that do you know it, it shows how high you can pull your knees up um you know plus a goalie um, does a lot more lateral movement and lateral pushing. So, you know, our, our plyometrics in that direction, it, it really, there isn't sort of, um, and I think this is a place where I get a little frustrated with goalies because they want to come and just get one piece of the puzzle. Oh, what should I do? I need more power. What should I do for power? Oh, I want to do the splits. What should I do for the splits? And it. It doesn't work like that. Like, it's not a buffet where you just pick what you want. It's about developing yourself as an athlete, as a goalie. And that includes everything. That's mobility, that's strength, that's speed, that's stamina, that's stability. You know, it, it all has to be trained. You can't just pick out the piece you want.
1: Mm-hmm. Now, I know we all usually sort of avoid certain things that that make us uncomfortable, like maybe a lot of people with the hamstrings and stuff like that. And I, I've learned over the years that that specifically has been important for sort of opening up the hips for me. And I've it's a, it's helped me avoid like a lot of groin issues and stuff like that. But I want to dig a little deeper into some of those things and bring some awareness to the issue. Now, I know you talked about mobility as something we neglect, but What's something else, you know, that we sort of neglect that we, we, we know we should do, uh, that we don't do.
0: um, I think in particular in the off season, like specific stamina work, I think still too many goalies, their stamina work is, you know, well, I go, it might just be, I go for a five mile run, uh, still see that sometimes, or, well, I go to the track, uh, and, again, it that's not, that's not how you work, how you move. So, you know, what the solution to that is taking some of those agility drills or, um, and then packaging them in a way that, that uses energy systems the way a goalie uses an energy system, which is, which is maybe full out for a little bit. And then at 70%, you know, if the, if the puck's out at the top of the circles, you're moving, but you're not, you know, having to move with the same urgency as if it's, you know, getting behind the net back and forth across in front of the crease. So, you know, working those kinds of work intervals, um, working in the vertical agility component. So again, another thing, when I got on the ice, I realized, holy smokes, going from my butterfly back to my skates to my butterfly back to my skates is exhausting. Um, you know, when I first got on probably, yeah, if I had to do it twice in a row, like I was gassed. So working that kind of vertical agility into it as well. Um, I think, I think that's an area that, um, and, and I, I don't, I don't think they are ignoring it because it's uncomfortable, which it which it can be uncomfortable, but I think they just don't know any better. And so, you know, they do the best that they know. Mm-hmm.
1: So I guess, you know, in other words, we need to be more specific when we train. You know, I, I know this from experience over the years, like going to gyms growing up and it's sort of changed a little bit now, but for for people that don't have a pretty good idea about like how to train themselves they should be getting more specific you should be creating you know something that sort of mimics that time under tension and that same conditioning stuff off the ice or sorry excuse me on the ice is off the ice correct
0: yeah and and again like to an extent because then what you see is goalies trying to do goalie movements off the ice and calling that their, you know, goalie specific training and, uh, you know, smashing into the butterfly and, and doing all these things. Even you see some people do like where I'm I'm going to wear my goalie pads and, and that isn't it either. You know, it, it's, it's sort of finding that, that, um, happy medium where we're not adding so much wear and tear because, you know, going into the butterfly and Rbh those things add wear and tear to the hips but where we're still getting the energy system benefits out of it. It's, you know, it, it's funny because, yeah, like training, it seems easy. Oh, okay, well, let me just think of what makes sense. A lot of times what makes sense, like common sense, isn't what makes science sense. So, um, you know, I try to present it in a pretty simple way, but it, that's it's like the, the tip of the iceberg. You know, there's so much uh, science that goes into it.
1: Hmm. now you know sort of leading off the last question a bit and we've gone over mobility and and some of these other things but something that i has been in, has made an enormous difference for me and i actually um just posted a video and it's something that you had actually led me on to like seven years ago um is is actually eye warm-ups and, and eye training and stuff like that and As soon as I went down that rabbit hole, like everything sort of changed for me in terms of my, my ability to be ready with tracking and stuff like that. So, um, you know, maybe touch on a bit about how important, you know, warming up the eyes are and stuff like that, because I feel like that is so undervalued and it's such an unknown right now and it can make such an enormous difference. So, you know, maybe touch on a bit on the importance and and what some people should be doing and, um, you know, why it's effective and stuff like that.
0: Yeah, so, um, you know, and I th- and I think all goalies should get their eyes checked and, and to make sure that, you know, that they have good vision and that they have good control over their eyes. My friend Josh Tucker, who this is his area of expertise, you know, he shows a great video at the Global Goaltending Retreat uh, a couple years ago where the goalie was just, um, you know, tracing a circle with their eyes. So making a circle with their eyeballs, basically as big as they could. And in one quadrant, uh, their eyes would skip that quadrant. They Mm -hmm. they couldn't chase this smooth circle. They didn't have control in that range. So, you know, things like that, you don't like, you don't realize, you don't think like, Oh, I'm not accessing that quadrant, (laughs) you know, it's it's, but it can have an impact. So I think it is important just to get to know how to use your eyes. Um, when I was at the um, GCG goalie event last year, um, one of the coaches was talking to a little bit about, and and just kind of experimenting. I think a neurophysiologist had sort of brought up the idea, but, maybe not you know you do a little head check to see like okay who's who's creeping up you know trying to Mm -hmm. stand right at the corner of my net see who's around well they were saying you know what about just getting your eyes there so that you're not moving your head because moving your head you know then puts information into your vestibular system and it it's it's a lot more processing of data that has to go into that whereas if you can just shift your eyes now i don't mean just shift your eyes to see where the puck is but for those quick checks Um, so having control over your eyes, being able to access those outer ranges with your eyes, I think is, is valuable. Now, I also see some goalies who aren't doing their proper mobility. They're not consistently working on their off-ice training, they're maybe not spending time with a goalie coach improving their positioning on the ice, but they're, you know, oh like well, and I have a, you know, a light up board and I do this and that and it, and it's sort of like okay, well let's let's move the big rocks first <laughs> and then mm-hmm. you know worry about those other details. So, um, you know, I think you should get your eyes checked, make sure that everything's good in that respect. I think in terms of eye exercises You know, working on just, yeah, what's the biggest circle you can trace with your eyes? And everybody has, you know, a a mobile phone so you can video your eyes, see what that that looks like, work on diagonal patterns, up and down, side to side, you know, just so you kind of have some idea like, okay, yeah, I know how to use these muscles in my eyes.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I know. I actually, um, years ago like before i went into college i actually got laser eye surgery done and um it was great like i could see better but it was like all of a sudden overnight all of these you know that what they do is they shave your cornea right so it's like all these mechanisms in your eyes like converging diverging um they they literally uh, peripheral vision it literally disappeared for me like overnight and it, it was crazy um and I, and I went and got tested and it was after like a year. Cause I was like, man, and I had a good year. I just like, I could tell, like, I wasn't, there were some, some areas where I just, I would like, it was like a strobe light. Like I would lose the puck. Um, and it was crazy, it was crazy, honestly. So I think maybe like, what, where do you think, you know, if people are feeling like they're sort of struggling in those areas, you know, where somewhere that they can get tested, you know, sports wise for, um, some of those mechanisms that might be lacking. Do you have any suggestions?
0: Well, I think that's a really specialized area. Um, so, you know, but I would start with just visiting my, uh, you know, my optometrist and and start there and then, you know, see if I can get a referral onwards if, if they found anything to be concerned about.
1: Mm-hmm. Now, you just touched a bit on, you know, like, Developing a proper regimen. And not, uh, obviously, you develop programs for players and, and tons of different athletes, right? Um, but maybe just walk us through just a light idea of what a proper in season training regimen looks like to you. You know, how many times should we do, be doing off ice a week? How should we be managing our energy while trying to get better on the ice? You know, warm ups, cool downs, sort of run us through a little bit of what an ideal in season regimen would look like. And you can take your time because. I know my audience is relatively young and I know that a lot of people will sort of benefit from hearing this conversation.
0: Yeah. So, um, you know, let's assume that they're on the ice, you know, four four plus times a week and, and it's going to be different for everybody. So this is a really great question because people say, uh, so often, well, I'm in season now, so I, d- I don't have time to train. Well, here's what happens because I know because I test, our goalies before like when they leave at the end of the off season, and I test them when they come back and those that don't keep up with in-season training because they're too busy or whatnot come back slower fatter and weaker so it's like you know do you want to be slower fatter and weaker heading into your playoffs is is the trade-off so what we do for in-season training and i know that i know that you're on the ice and you're tired and there's a lot going on so what we look at is typically two lifts a week and they'll be full body lifts but it'll be maybe two sets of five or six exercises and what we really want to keep and really want to try to tap into is that peak force production uh and the power because that's an element that that we lose because we don't get to overload it when we're on the ice the stamina we keep pretty well on the ice so as long as you're playing and your practices are give you a good chance to get stamina training we don't typically do any during the week but getting that speed uh that rapid force application so you know we might even do uh hex bar deadlift or um, you know, single leg squats with a, with a, with a power on the way up to sort of tap into those, what's called the type, um, fast switch muscle fibers, basically. Mm-hmm. So we want to get those fired up and and try to keep them as strong as we can, or even build on that. And then we want to get in the stuff that's going to help keep us healthy. The, the stability work, the, the supplemental work that goes with that. Then a little bit of speed and agility. Sometimes I'll work that right into the full body workout, so that there is some acceleration, deceleration, deceleration with stabilization, change of direction, vertical agility. But again, not so much that it makes makes the goalie tired. So that whole workout might take thirty minutes.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Mobility usually six days a week, five days a week at least, um, and then for the warm up. Yeah, there's there should be a pre-skate warm up that is used every time you go on the ice. Not just oh, I've got a really big game today. I'm gonna do it. So that would be some kind of self-myofascial release. I'm a big fan of just using the lacrosse ball. It's easy to throw in your bag um, to get you know your hip flexors, your glutes, your your glutes origin, um, you know the the outside of your hip, uh, calves, your feet, your lats. Get that quick roll. Um, then a few static stretches for the groin, and it is okay to do a static stretch before you go on the ice. It's not going to make you weak or lose your power. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so a little bit of static stretch for your groins, maybe a little bit of thoracic spine rotation. And then we go into a dynamic warmup, um, you know, where you're just moving through a range, sort of linking your movements, like a walking quad stretch, walking hamstring stretch, um, hip shifts down and back uh then usually it's a little bit of hand eye again maybe like a minute or two minutes just something very simple uh and then out on the ice and and you know and then you would put your gear on and, and head out on the ice when you come off the ice again this is uh this is an always not a just when you have a big game there should be a little restorative uh, module that you, that you go through and and for this one i like the foam roll a little better because i think it's a little gentler on the muscles we want to just kind of give them a little flush out roll not so much get in like aggressive and get into the tissue so a little bit of a gentle roll again a couple static stretches more for the outside of the hips the front of the hips Um, and then I'll throw in a technique, one of the exercises from the LDOA technique, which is, um, incorporates a lot of breathing and it's sort of a way to almost realign the body. It sounds a little woo woo, but it, it actually really works well, um, to help kind of reset. And I think the breathing part of it is huge because it's the only part of our autonomic nervous system that we can consciously control. So that that's our fight or flight um, nervous system. So if we can do some deep breathing with those Aldoa drills, Mm -hmm. you know, that kind of helps us, you know, calm down. So if we have to go, you know, home then and go to bed or whatever, we're kind of reset for that. And then I'll usually finish with just, um, I just call it a V with your feet on the wall. So, you know, bring your bum right to the wall. Your legs go straight up the wall. You're lying down on the floor. And then just let your legs go into a wide V, like a groin stretch. But just let gravity, you know, let gravity take them. You're not trying to force it at all. You're just kind of trying to get them to relax and let go.
1: Mm -hmm. I like how you touched on breathing there because I personally, um, when I sort of, Found out how to utilize my breathing with my stretching. That's when I was really sort of able to push the limits a bit and and open up um maybe touch a little bit on just like just that idea of breathing how to do it you know um stuff like that because i I know from from a lot of questions that I've gotten over the last few months people are just been asking me about stretching, and that's sort of an area where I kind of tap into is like yeah, if you want to sort of be able to go a little bit further while being safe with it you know uh, you really gotta you really gotta worry about that breathing you really gotta focus on that breathing so maybe you could just touch on that a little bit what people should be looking for and kind of aiming for
0: yeah so what i usually do is um like a four second inhale and a six second exhale uh, with some specific drills will hold for four seconds in the middle but that inhale is going to be through your nose the exhale will be through your mouth and it's not blowing your air out through your mouth. It's just letting your air out through your mouth. And then thinking about, um, and this is interesting because even when I go to camps where they're, you know, pro and minor pro guys, they have a really hard time breathing. Like we are bad breathers. So even just doing a four second in six second out, um, you know, you'll hear some of them. They'll like, we'll be exhaling and we'll get to like three, four and you hear them like, (laughs) you know, their air is gone. (laughs) Um, But it's, you know, and and it's not belly breathing. It's not chest breathing, It's everything breathing. So when you breathe in for the four seconds, it's trying trying to bring in as much air as you can. When it's breathing out for the six seconds, you're trying to get all of your air out. So you're not just sort of using this middle capacity that you have, you're using it all. Um, So yeah, super important. I think we're just really starting to tap into, you know, the benefits of proper breathing even when you're on the ice. Again, like if that's the only part of the fight or flight nervous system you can control and maybe a game's getting away from you a little bit or even, you know, it's a big game and you're getting the start and you're a little bit amped up, you know, in through the nose, out through the mouth like on, you know, on a on a whistle or whatever, you know, that can sort of help you down regulate that, uh, that panic (laughs) a little bit. Mm
1: -hmm. No, I like I like that. Um, I just know that people I I mean, I didn't know it. And I I know that people don't focus on it enough sort of even closing the eyes a little bit and kind of focusing. And you know, I I guess this leads into like a bit of uh, like mindfulness and meditation. And it's some videos that I've that I've seen online. And you know, we won't go into that right now. But, um, you know, just sort of focusing on that muscle, tuning into that muscle, and, you know, kind of breathing in and breathing out and really thinking about that muscle um, is, is super important. So I'm glad that we that you mentioned that and we touched on it. um, You know, and obviously, you mentioned, you know, some exercises for warm up routines and stuff like that. But in terms of warm ups, you know, what's sort of the goal of that just so people can get a feeling, right? Like, how hard should we be going? How long should we be going? How hard should we be sweating like what's what's sort of the goal with all that in terms of like a feel perspective when we're sort of done with it?
0: Yeah, I think when you're done with it, you should be um sort of lightly sweating. You should feel like you've done something but not be fatigued by it um and And to me, the warm up has a couple purposes: one is to just you know, get you, get your muscles and your nervous system working. One is to almost do like a circle check. So you can feel before you get out on the ice. Oh, my left groin is a little tighter than it normally is, you know, you have a really good dialogue with your body. And like you said, you're, you're not just going through the motions, you're actually thinking, how does that feel? How does that feel compared to normal? Um, so then you know, maybe, yeah, maybe that left groin is a little tight today, okay, well, maybe I'm going to spend a couple extra minutes you know getting that warmed up, and then the last piece of the puzzle for for the warm up is getting some of your energy system substrates, so the molecules that your body's going to use to make energy circulating in your blood um goalies can use fat for an energy substrate. Pretty well. I mean, we're always using all the substrates, but we can use fat pretty well, but we need to mobilize it, um, you know, in our bloodstream. And it takes a little while to prime that pump. So, you know, this is when goalies get on the ice and maybe for the first seven to 10 minutes, they feel really like, wow. And then, you know, the play was in my end and I was so tired and I really was behind the play and, um, you know, they're just not quite with it. And then halfway through the first or so, then they feel like they settle in. I think that's a big part of it. They just haven't taken the time to sort of prime that pump. So their body actually isn't ready, uh, for what's coming at it.
1: Hmm. That's interesting. Um, you can definitely feel that it's almost like when you sort of go into that little bit of overdrive mode and that adrenaline kicks a bit. Yeah. Um, not switching over to recovery just cause I think, you know, I, I didn't realize how important it was, you know, until I got to college, I think one, until I started getting a little bit older, my youth started to sort of wear off as I got closer to 25. But, um, you know, I met my trainer there and, and he was, like I mentioned earlier, uh, he, he was a head trainer for the New York Islanders for a couple of years in the NHL. And, and he really made me see the power of, proper recovery and how effective it can be, you know, if utilized correctly, right? Like we can actually get a little bit more work in during the week, if we're recovering properly. So when it comes to recovery, you know, what are what are some things everybody should be doing in terms of like rolling, stretching, nutrition, um, you know, right after exercise to speed up the recovery process? So you're feeling good come game days?
0: Yeah, so a, a big piece of that puzzle I think is rehydration that that people goalies miss out on big time you know the the equipment is is hot uh you're sweating a lot in there, so you need to replenish that fluid as quickly as you can. I think one of the sort of the best way is is to weigh yourself before before you go on the ice, just like in your underpants. And then um when you come home um or at the rink, people might think you're a little weird, but they think you're weird anyway, because you're a goalie. So you probably get away <laughs> with that. But you know, after the game, take off all your gear, just down to your underpants and weigh yourself again. And for every pound of body weight that you've lost, it's water, it's not fat or anything like that. Um, you need to drink two to three measuring cups. So a measuring cup is 250 mils. So it's it would be 500 to 750 mils um, of fluid to replenish every pound that you've lost. And I think some of you'd be really surprised. I, a goalie I worked with would lose eight pounds of fluid. Um, so, you know, I think that that is job number one to be sipping, you know, on on fluid to rehydrate. Um, then, yeah, sort of going through like the, the foam roll and a, a little bit of really gentle static stretching. So the idea it's very different from your mobility training. The idea is just to like, let your body relax, reset, um, almost do that circle check again, hey, how, how did my hips feel? Um, and then adding in some of those like Aldoa type exercises and incorporate the breathing to help your nervous system reset, help your body realign. Um, and it, it's, it's one of those things that, um, at some of the training camps I've been to, you know, it'll be like, guys, I want you to, as soon as you come off the ice, I want you to come out here and we're going to do a little, uh, restorative and they kind of. Like nobody wants to do something else. Like when the ice is done, I'm like, I'm, mm-hmm. I am I want to go golfing, uh, <laughs> you know? And so you kind of have to drag them a little bit, like, come on guys, come on, let's go. But then after doing it the first day, you know, it's like, Hey, do you guys want to do that thing again today? Yep. Yeah, I do. Cause it, it really does make that big of a difference in terms of how you feel the rest of the day, how you feel getting out of bed the next day. It's uh, it's pretty cool.
1: Yeah. I like that. You sort of touched on the, you said you do it right after so and I know from experience both nutrition rolling stretching you know it's is the most effective sort of right after exercise so maybe you know share some info on the timing of all that stuff right like uh, how soon after you know because I know there's sort of like a cutoff time with nutrition with rolling with stretching where you sort of lose the benefits of it a little bit the longer you wait so maybe you know touch on some timing with getting that water in you, you know, getting some food in you, stretching and all that stuff. How quickly after exercise should people be doing that?
0: Yeah, the sooner the better um, is really the answer. So, um, you know, and I know there are limitations that, well, but yeah, we have to be on the bus in 20 minutes and I don't, can't, you know, my whole team isn't going to wait for me to do whatever. Um, and I get that, but the sooner, the sooner the better is the answer for all of those things. None of them have a benefit of waiting until later
1: hmm. And maybe in terms of obviously, you know, because I think people are like, oh, I'm going to do it a soon and then time passes and time passes and we miss it. For you, is there specifically like, uh, and from the science, from a kinesiology standpoint, is there like a time where, you know, 30 minutes after an hour after where you sort of lose, you lose benefits as time goes on?
0: I don't know of a specific science on that. Um, you know, I, I think in, especially in terms of nutrition, like getting, so a lot of times we just suggest that guys get 20 grams of protein, 40 grams of carb, carbohydrate, you know, when they come off the ice after like an intense game or practice. And, um, you know, I think that that window does kind of close because when you first come off the ice, you know, your body has just, there's been some micro trauma to your muscles so that they need to be rebuilt and repaired. they need protein for that, your energy systems are depleted. um, So you want some carbohydrate in your blood system to then, you know, trigger an insulin response so that those substrates are taken up into your cells, but also to replenish that energy. And it's so your body's almost in a little bit of a, of a panic state. And then you can put those building blocks in and your body's like, this is exactly what I need. And I know exactly where to put it well your body isn't going to stay in that panic state you know we we strive for homeostasis and our body's pretty good at at getting there so you know if an hour passes or an hour and a half passes we can still eat a meal and we should still replenish but it's it's not you know it's going to go circulate in your blood it you know your body might be like well we don't need this anymore like we can just store this you know as fat or whatever so i think that that is a window that i kind of am familiar with um there's a great exercise nutrition guy at western that um his name is dr lemon and he he was just such a fantastic resource so that's one i feel confident in but the other ones i don't know of sort of a cutoff
1: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. now shifting a bit to some preventative work and obviously we touched on mobility but you know, I know goaltending is just incredibly hard on the body, but what are some common injuries you see? And, you know, what are some of the the big reasons why they happen?
0: Well, you know, groins are, the, are a big one. And I think a couple of reasons. One is that people stretch and they don't work on mobility. They don't build strength at length. They don't have control. So, you know, they're, they're making it maybe so that they're Muscle can get that long, but they have no control, which is a big problem. Um, I think another problem is goalies want to do the splits. One of the most common questions I get: well, how do, How do I do the splits? And you know, you know, as a goalie, like you shouldn't be making a split save. Like if you were making a split, no. save, something you've done something wrong, and your goalie coach doesn't want you doing a split save. Plus not everybody's hips can do the splits. Most of us, we don't have the hip structure to do the splits. So, um, you know, but they, they do like long hold static stretching to try to get the splits. So, you know, I think that that is a is a contributing factor. I think there are lots of and and part of it too, is this idea that it's a buffet that well, I'm just going to do stretches because I need to be more mobile, or I'm, I'm just going to work on my core. Or, you know, it's like, your body doesn't work one muscle at a time, your body works in chains of muscles. And so you need to be training those chains of muscles, um, you know, in a in a holistic way. The other one that I think is, is a real concern for me is, and for goalies, it should be, is the whole FAI. So hip impingement, because what I'll hear is, oh, I I do this and my hips don't hurt at all. Well, no, your hips don't hurt until they hurt. And then when they are. There's a problem that is a bony issue that isn't going to go away uh, by stretching or you know, whatever else it is. So I think really taking that long view um, in in that, you know, our hips have so many butterflies in them. And how are we going to use those, those up? And some of us have more and some of us have less, and we we don't really know which is which, but you know, what's a sort of a prudent way we can go about training our craft without just adding a bunch of wear and tear.
1: Mhm. And obviously the groin injury is a little is pretty common. I mean, um but I just want to touch on that a little bit because I personally had a, a really big struggle with it back over 10 years ago when I was like 14 years old. It was my draft year in the OHL in that summer leading into the season. I just uh I kept having groin issues in the summer and then the next summer it sort of plagued me again. And when I sort of turned that corner and I haven't had groin issues since was when I really embraced um, muscle activation stuff. And I think that, you know, it's not talked about enough and people avoid that. So maybe you can sort of touch on that a bit, how important it is to have the right muscles firing and maybe what some people can do to, to avoid that, the groin strain
0: yeah and and i think this is a good point too like thinking of your age when you were really having trouble and and it sort of coincides with when a lot of uh uh guys are growing and, and going through a growth spurt so that that is a time to really be aware of because our body grows from the bones and our muscles know nothing about it so you know we go home one summer and we come back and we're three inches taller well our like our muscles now are are short and tight. Um, and even our nervous system, you know, our nerves don't grow at the same time as our bones. So, um, I've had more than a few kind of a little bit panicky emails from parents of 13, 14, 15 year olds. who's was like, my, my goalie was really great. And now he's just like, and he falls down and he can't you know, he just looks terrible. And it's like, yeah, cause he's now he's, you know, Five foot 10 and his body still thinks he's five foot seven. So he doesn't know where he begins and ends and he'll, his body will catch up and he'll, uh, he'll outgrow that. So, so that is another thing for that age range to really be in tune, in tune with. Um, In terms of activation, yeah, it's, you know, and it's sort of a funny thing that sometimes I think we overthink it. Um, But yeah, sometimes we just develop these funky little compensation patterns. And, and I've trained some really high level athletes that, uh, you know, looking at hip extension, our glutes are our most powerful hip extensor. And, and these athletes, you know, some of them are track athletes. And, you know, so we'll, we'll put them in isolation where, you know, they should be using their glutes. And it's like, nope, that is actually all hamstrings that you're using right there. Like, you know, and, and yeah, who knows why, but, um, but again, that, that is just, good train, like a good training program, you know, has specific exercises that put you in a position where, yeah, this is gonna make your glutes turn on. So it's, it's all part of the overall development.
1: Mm -hmm. And I guess in terms of longevity, you know, like, what do people need to be the most cautious about when it comes to, to being a goalie, you know, where the areas that If we don't work on, we're going to suffer the most over our careers that that might spill into our regular lives, because obviously there's life after hockey and um, all my uncles are in shambles. So I think from a goaltending perspective, you know, what are some really important things to keep up with that that it doesn't ruin our lives, I guess, down the road?
0: I I think the number one thing to keep in mind is that when you're young, you can do almost anything Mm -hmm. and 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 you probably will be stronger, faster, uh, maybe not the best but you know you can do almost anything and it feels fine and and you think so you think it is fine but um you know what you need to keep in mind is is the cumulative effect of doing that on your hips on your back things like FAI to some extent are overuse injuries some people really you know just anatomically that's where they're predisposed some people might have a relatively minor Um, sort of impingement, but then they keep trying to force their joint to go in a position it won't go into. And then it just builds up more of a bony callus and makes the impingement worse and worse until finally they need surgery. Um, You know, even in practicing like young kids doing high wrap butterflies, you know, let's teach a kid to skate. Let's teach a kid to stay on his skates and move rather than just be in the butterfly all the time. Um even in war you know, in warm-ups, you know this. Like you'll do a hundred butterflies in a warm-up and in a game you might do like 40, 30? You know, it's it's so it's having even though it feels fine now. Um, it's, it's, um, this is a really short story, but it it just illustrates it perfectly. When, uh, when I was growing up, my family always had an automatic transmission car and my brother bought this, uh, it was a 1978 Honda Civic when I was probably 16 or 17 years old and it was a manual transmission. So I thought, oh, this is sick. Like, I'm going to learn how to drive a stick shift now. (laughs) Um, so I asked my brother, uh, one day, like Pete, you know, can you teach me how to drive your stick shift car? And he looked at me and he said, Maria, every transmission has so many shifts in it. And if I use up some shifts teaching you how to drive standard transmission, those are shifts I can't use down the road. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and that was the end of the conversation. So, um but you know like that that is in my opinion that's a goalie's hips, you know, it, it's going to take so many reps, so let's use those reps wisely and and not to be alarmist or panicked about it, but you really do need to be aware that it's not like hip impingement doesn't just happen. Like, oh, I did something wrong this season and I got hip impingement. Hip impingement builds from year to year to year.
1: Mhm. Yeah, I like that you sort of touched on that just because, uh, you know, I, I felt like that when I was younger and it was like the year I was turning 25, my the year I was 24, it was like my youth, I could just feel the youth just leaving my body. My knees started hurting and my hips started getting sore. So I had to focus more on those things. And I have and it's, it's uh, you know, it was a, it was a bit of, um, you know, like I don't think people realize until they get there and a lot of people don't even get to play. You know, until they're they're 25, right? So, I think in terms of longevity, I'm really glad that you mentioned that, just because from personal experience, that does matter. And I have seen guys, you know, and and personally, like I might be falling apart like a little bit, but I still got plenty of years left in me. Whereas there are some guys before they even get to pro hockey, their knees are falling apart. And and I'll tell you from experience with the pro schedule, it's just so hard on your body. And if you're ready, if you're already hurting before you get there, it's gonna be it's gonna be a tough ride. So definitely a good conversation to have. I'm glad you uh, mentioned that. But um, Maria, do you have any last advice you want to share with my audience that you you feel passionate about that we haven't talked about yet?
0: No, I, you know, I really think it's just Yeah, if you're serious about kind of reaching your potential, whatever that is, that it, you know, it has to be a consistent, strategic approach to your development. It, it It's not just uh, yeah, pick a little bit of this and I'll do a little bit of that. It's, it's gotta be strategic and it's gotta be consistent. You can't, um, you can't train extra hard and catch up. Uh, you just have to start and keep going.
1: Right on. Well, Maria, thank you so much. Um, it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on the show. I know, I know people will find a ton of value in the conversation. You know, I love how we, shed a ton of light on a lot of things that we should be doing off the ice, right? Like so much work goes into supporting your on ice play. And I don't think people understand that well enough, right? If you want to be a pro, you got to train like a pro, right? Do what the pros do. And they're all doing that. But I think today we really nailed a lot of details that, that people should start to consider if they don't already. So can you just let my audience know where they can get in touch with you online? uh, If they want to find you.
0: Um, Probably the easiest way is on Instagram at goalie training. Um, and I do reply to my DMs. sometimes it takes me a bit, but I do, um, or just goalie Right
1: on. And go check her out on YouTube too. She's got a ton of stuff on there that, that I've watched over the years. Um, but yeah, go check out Maria mountain if you haven't yet. She's just incredibly knowledgeable when it comes to the the exercise science, you know, behind goaltending. And I know that if she can help me and change my career, she can definitely help change yours. So I suggest everyone, to everyone to really try and work on some of the things we discussed today to level your game up so you can start becoming a pro today. Hopefully, we can have you back on the show sometime down the road because I know you'll be continuing with your work, Maria. And, and obviously, things are in constant motion and ever-changing like we mentioned. But I definitely value your opinion. I know others will too. Uh, but thanks again for coming on the show, Maria. I look forward to continuing to build this friendship we've begun to develop. And I, and I can't wait to chat next time.
0: Yeah, I look forward to it too, Mike. Thanks for, thanks for all you do with Goalie Hacks. It's, uh, it's fantastic. I feel like we're building a little army here that's going to help uh, goalies all over the world.
1: Absolutely. Thanks again. Take care, Maria. Thanks for tuning into this week's episode, guys. If you liked what you heard today, make sure to hit that subscribe button as we have tons of amazing guests lined up already to come on to the show the next few months. Make sure to tune in next week and every Tuesday from now on at 8 a.m. as we have our first Active professional goaltender, Zach Fucali, coming on to the show. We have an absolutely fire conversation, and I'm so excited for you guys to hear this one. You won't be disappointed, so make sure to tune back next week. Without further ado, here are the giveaway details for the Neurotracker X subscriptions we're giving away. To enter the giveaway, simply go to Apple Podcasts and leave us a written review and rating. Once you do that, take a screenshot of it and either email it to goaliehacks at gmail.com or DM me on Instagram with your screenshot and your full name. If you guys are also interested in getting started with the product, the Neurotracker X system is officially available to the general public, however... We'll be developing goalie hacks, protocols, and programs specifically for ice hockey goalies that you will only have access to if you become a part of my organization. So we got some big things on the horizon, guys. Get excited because I know I am. Take care, guys. I'll see you soon.